Welcome to Pick Up and Deliver, the podcast where I pick up my audio recorder when I drop my kid off at school and deliver an episode to you while I walk home. I'm Brendan Riley. Well, good morning, listeners. I hope that you're having a pleasant time. It is Monday, April 8th, and the weather is wonderful. It's actually supposed to get up into the can you believe it? 70s today in suburban Chicago. Uh, it, it's uh, high 50s right now. I'm walking home in a sweater that I might not even need. I probably could have done t-shirt. In fact, I'm going to roll up my sleeves. Ooh, that is chilly. Maybe I'll roll them back down after I walk a few minutes. We'll see. <laughs> so today, I am going to do a classic pick up and deliver shooting from the hip episode. Uh, for those of you new to the podcast... As a reminder, a shooting from the hip episode is where I take a new game or a game new to me that I've played once or twice or maybe three times in this case, but very recently and haven't had time to kind of grow old with it yet and give you sort of some initial impressions of the game. Uh, I don't really do reviews on this channel, but for people who would debate that the content is review-like, this is probably as close to a review as I get. Although I do also have a, a sequence I call Message from the Deep, where I talk about a game I've played a bunch of times and try to talk about why I would want to play it a bunch of times. So those are the two kind of segments that I do that I would call review-like. Um, so that's kind of where we are now. Today, I'm going to talk about a game that I have been excited about at least since October of last year, which is, I believe, the first time I heard about it in the run-up to Essen. They announced that there would be copies of the new Vladimir Suchi game, or Suhi game, Underwater Cities. The first game self-published by, by Suhi and his family through their company Delicious Games, and uh, it would be available at Essen. As expected, it made quite a splash there, <laughs> and uh, people enjoyed it a lot. I've encountered quite a few reviews of the game on podcasts and on the internet, so I'm going to try not to spend too much time explaining the review, explaining the game. If you are interested in finding out how the game works, you're welcome to it. But the, the central conceit, if you're going to do a 30-second one, is the... It is a resource management and efficiency game with a lot of moving parts centered around a crucial choice where you have three cards in hand each turn and you have to play one of them and then pick one action space on the board. There are three colors of cards and three colors of action spaces and if you play a card and discard and choose an action space that are of the same color then you get to do both the action space and the card's power. If you only play, if you play a card that does not match the action space, then you will only get to play the action space's power. The card is discarded with no effect. That's the central new mechanism of the game. That's not something I've seen before. I've seen stuff that's similar, but not precisely the same. It's kind of that's the, the mechanistic, or the mechanical, the mechanism under conceit for Underwater Cities. So, I wanted to share a little bit about the game, and then uh, three 
kind of main thoughts I had about it. First off, my experience of it has just been great. Another winner from Vladimir Suhi. A, a nice addition to his oeuvre and a game I'm pleased to have and will be pleased to play many times in the future. Right after I played it the first time, I called it Crunchy on Facebook and my wife said, Crunchy? What are you talking about? It's like a potato chip? What crunchy? What a dumb word to use. I was thinking about it a little bit and then, you know, I said I thought that the word came from the idea of number crunching, of having to do mental effort in order to do things. And I found myself with this game, like many of Suhi's other games, particularly Last Will, Prodigal's Club, and Pulsar 2849, having to employ the mental energy of not quite enough. That I've talked about that before is one of my favorite experiential emotions in playing a game is, oh, I don't have quite enough to do everything I want. And Underwater Cities certainly makes use of that emotion or that feeling quite well. And so when I have a game that requires me to do that, that makes me think out my whole turn, if I can do this and then that and then this in this order, then maybe I can uh, make it pay off. I would say one of the things that gives it that flexibility is that when you play the action space and the card, if you're able to do them both, you can do them in either order. So then most of the time it doesn't matter which order you do them but sometimes it really does so like if you're using an action card to get a resource that you're going to then pay for an action from the space with that resource uh it does matter a great deal i really have enjoyed that part of it i wanted to talk about three things components theme and a comparison with the other suhi games although i've already started that last one but let's start with components so the I would say the biggest consistent negative I heard about Underwater Cities from the people who bought it at Essen was that the components were not good. In particular, the card quality was not good. The player boards were flimsy. There were some complaints about the tokens and stuff, but having seen the videos, I thought those seemed like dumb complaints to me. But, you know, everybody's got their own thing, I guess. So, having gotten the Rio Grande edition, which was also published and printed by Delicious Games, but supposedly was going to have upgraded player boards. I have to say I'm not real impressed. Uh, the card quality still feels pretty flimsy. Uh, at some point I could see myself going out and buying sleeves if the cards start to get wear and tear. I mean, this isn't a, this isn't a card game where you're holding big hands of cards for a long time. It's not a trick-taking game where the cards are going to get shuffled 50 times in a game. You shuffle the cards once at the beginning, or, you know, several times at the beginning to get them properly shuffled, and then they don't need to be shuffled again that round. So, from that perspective, okay, fine. I think the cards are nice enough. The art is repeated some, but that's fine. Uh, and But the card quality is not great. You can tell they're a little thinner than, say, any Fantasy Flight game you get the cardstock is going to be thicker than what you got in Underwater Cities. Most disappointing, honestly, are the player boards. With the amount of complaint I heard about the player boards, I expected them to be chipboard when we got them. Instead, they are flimsy cardstock. Maybe perhaps not as thin as the ones that came with the Essen printing were, but still basically the same as the Shipyard cardstock. So if you have Shipyard, you'll know. It's basically just... If you order 
something to be printed at Office Depot and ask for the heaviest cardstock they print on. That's what these games are printed on. It's not substantial. Um, I laminated them, which went okay, but my laminator is not perfect at that thickness. It's a, honestly just a little thicker than paper, so um, it wasn't a perfect lamination, but at least I know I'm not going to accidentally bend and ruin the boards. So um, that's uh, the card, the components. Not amazing. They're fine. But I don't really play games for the blinged out components so much. And frankly, I think the domes look cool. Um, so, and the little research stations are these little discs. They look neat too. I, overall, I'm fine. But that's the components. Mostly, I just want to comment, if you were hoping the player boards would be amazing, they're not. They're passable. The same as Shipyard. So, theme. I think Underwater Cities is incredibly thematic. And I mean thematic in the way that I most like thematic games, which is where the mechanisms at work in the game shape the play of the game and shape your experience of the play of the game. So for instance, uh, the different, you have to pay different resources to build certain things and it makes sense that you pay the resources you pay. Like kelp is the main resource you pay to build a kelp farm. Steel is the main resource you pay to build a tunnel or a lab and so on. So that part works. And then the resource that you get out of those things makes sense as well. You get kelp from a kelp farm. You get science tokens from the labs. You get money and steel from, or you get money from the, uh, money and steel from the tunnels, I think. No, money from the tunnels, sorry. So you get a variety of different things from the different uh, things you make. You get better stuff if you upgrade. But the place where the theme really comes through to me is in the cards. In the game, they explain that if you play a matching card with the action space, so the colors match, then what you're doing is you're sending people whose expertise is in that area so they have time to do more than just the first thing you do. So when you send people to do something in the red area, if you pick a red card, that's somebody whose expertise is in whatever you're sending them. And so they're able to be more efficient and get more done. I like that idea. On top of it, the cards all make sense for what they give you. Like the theme and the name on the card gives you a thing that makes sense. Like for instance, there's one that's like nanobot trial. And when you do that, you have to spend some money, but then it builds a thing for you cheap or free. Or maybe you don't even have to spend money. You play the card and it builds a thing for you for free. Makes sense. You've got these new nanobots you're trying to use to build stuff. You try them out, they work. Great. Uh, so thematically, it works really well. If you keep the theme in mind, it pays off for me. At the same time, it's not so overwhelming that it gets in the way. When you're reading the rules, you don't find yourself annoyed by the game's diversions into thematic conversations when you're trying to understand the rules. The game is pretty straightforward as far as it goes. So thematically, I really like the game. I think it fits really well, and it's what I've come to expect from a Suhi game. It explains why things work the way they do, and then the mechanisms make it feel as though that's true. So finally, comparison to other games by this designer. 
Obviously, I'm a big fan. I have all of his games. There's only eight to have, so uh, I'm happy to have all eight of those. There's seven. Excuse me, there's seven. Uh, It's definitely in the top three or four for me. I've only played it the three times, so it's a little hard to be sure. But uh, his latest game, so if you put Shipyard, Last Will, Prodigal's Club, Pulsar, 2849 and underwater cities all together i would definitely put it in i guess top five so there's two games that don't that don't fit that era to me thematically ship will shipyard is my least favorite of those i really like it but the other games are more interesting to me i would say i like prodigal's club better than um, pulsar and last will better than pulsar i guess i would put this game somewhere in the neighborhood of just above pulsar but they're all really good. I'm excited to play all of them again this year. Uh, and Underwater Cities, I think, will probably end up in my organic 10 for 10. Um, I played the solo game twice this weekend and found it pretty satisfying. I will say it is not like... It is an efficiency puzzle. As opposed to like the, the automata created as part of the Mind Clash system, like uh, the Cerebria automata feels like you're playing against an opponent. In Underwater Cities, there's just a dummy marker thing, and you're trying to do your best to get a high score. Uh, it's a very difficult one. I played it twice, and I wasn't, I was like 20 points away from being able to count it as a win, but I've only played it twice. So, overall, really interesting game. Definitely worth checking out if you get a chance. Have you played it? What do you think? Uh, if you have questions about it or uh, your thoughts on it, I'd love to hear them. Swing on over to the Pick Up and Deliver Guild at Board Game Geek, Guild 3269, and uh, let me know what you think. I look forward to hearing from you. Well, that's it for me today. Thanks for joining me on this walk home, and I hope that your next walk is as pleasant as mine was. Bye-bye. Brought to you by Rattlebox Games.